Wisconsin isn't a state, it's a state of mind, and gentle good humor is the coin of the realm, Scott Jacobs. If you're looking for can-do, earth-crunchy attitude, then you've got to go to Wisconsin, Dar Williams. If someone at Fleet Farm offers you assistance and they don't work, <laughs> and they don't work there, you might live in Wisconsin, Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> Wisconsin, Jessica. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing okay, you know. <laughs> that, um, papers. papers. Papers, papers, papers. That Jeff Foxworthy one had me cracking That's, up. Just a sidebar, I actually did work at Fleet Farm. I know you did. Yeah. And there's also Farm and Fleet. There is. They're not the same. They are not. But I worked at Fleet Farm. Mm-hmm. And, and Winona, I, right? Yes. And I had to sit in the gas hut occasionally, which was the most boring thing ever. Hmm. Because they didn't let us do homework, and you they would to watch sit us. There? Yeah, Ugh. so you would try to sneak homework in, but you had to like pretend you weren't looking at anything. And this was pre-cell phone, so you couldn't play on your phone. Exactly. <laughs> oh, old, so old. Okay, well, welcome to another situation. That's Ingrid. That's Jessica. Hi. This is Wisconsin, but we're not in Wisconsin. We're together in, in Nashville. Nashville Howdy from Nashville. Howdy with Mickey and Kara. They don't know we're recording, otherwise they'd be up here. <laughs> so it's a secret. Shh. <laughs> don't tell them. <laughs> Maybe they won't listen to this one. Yeah, right. Kara's our most um, loyal listener. She's yelling at us right now. She's been yelling at us all weekend, so it's really not anything different. She's yelling at us right now? Listening, yeah. She's yelling at us. Oh, oh, I see um, what you mean. Yeah, you're okay. so pretty. Oh. <laughs> and Kristen and Todd are downstairs. Mm-hmm. They're feeling a bit hungover, so they're not being so they loud. Are. They're a little flat today. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're paper, <laughs> they couldn't make it, so we put their pictures on sticks mm-hmm. and makeup on Kristen. She's so pretty, so pretty. Okay, all right. You talk. I'm going to go get ready a little bit. Okay, and I'll be back in. You guys are stuck with me. Yay! Good luck. Have fun. Bye. Me? Have fun. Who no. am I talking to? You're the one who said have <laughs> I fun. I don't know who I'm talking to. Okay, this is going to be interesting. So my sources are Encyclopedia Britannica, Bureau of Indian Affairs, Wisconsin Historical Society, History.com, and OnlyInYourState.com. All right. Here is the history of the great state of Wisconsin. Paleo-Indians arrived in Wisconsin around 12,000 years ago. 12,000? Yeah, 12,000. Around 10,000 BC at the end of the Ice Age. The retreating glaciers left behind a tundra. Get it? Tundra? Frozen tundra? Green Bay, anyways, in Wisconsin, um, what inhabited by large animals such as mammoths, mastodons, bison, giant beaver, and muskox. The Boaz mastodon and the Clovis artifacts discovered in Boaz, Wisconsin, show that the Paleo Indians hunted these large animals. They also gathered plants as conifer, 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 conifer forests grew in the glacier's wake. With the decline and the extinction of many large mammals in the Americas, the Paleo Indian diet shifted towards smaller mammals like deer and bison. During the Archaic period from 6,000 to 1,000 BC, people continued to depend on hunting and gathering. Around 4,000 BC, and this is in Wisconsin, but I think it's a lot of the, um, the 
United States, maybe. Um, around 400 BC, they developed spear throwers and copper tools such as axes, projectile points, knives, um, fish hooks, and harpoons. Copper ornaments like beaded necklaces also appeared around 1500 BC. These people gathered copper ore at quarries at the Keweenaw Peninsula in Michigan and on the Isle Royale in Lake Superior. Early woodland period started around 1000 BC and agriculture began. The primary crops were maize, beans, and squash. Agriculture, however, could not sufficiently support these people who also had to hunt and gather. So agriculture at this time was more akin to gardening than it was to farming. Uh, and villages emerged along rivers, streams, and lakes. And the earliest earthen burial mounds were made. In the late woodland period, which started around 400 AD, the people of Wisconsin first used the bow and arrow in the final centuries of the woodland period. That was a weird sentence. And agriculture continued to be practiced in the southern part of the state. The effigy mound culture dominated southern Wisconsin during this time, and they were building earthen mounds in the shapes of animals, which apparently Wisconsin is covered in, and I did not know that. Unlike earlier mounds, many of these were not used for burials. So the people of the Mississippian culture, and the Mississippian culture, it was a Native American civilization that flourished in what is now Midwestern, Eastern, Southeastern United States from approximately um, 800 to 1600, and uh, it varied by region. They were known for building large earthen plat uh, platform mounds, and they were often... Um, shaped mounds as well. And it was composed of a series of urban settlements and satellite villages that were linked together by loose trading networks. The largest city was Cahokia, believed to be a religious center as well, and it's located in present-day southern Illinois. So the, the people of the Mississippian culture, um, they expanded into Wisconsin around 1050 AD, and they established a settlement um, at Aztalan along the Crawfish River, and there's now a spate, a spate park, a state park in Aztalan, in Jefferson County, while begun by the Cadoan people. Why am I writing so weird? I wrote so weird. Other cultures began to borrow and adapt the Mississippian culture structure. This elaborately planned site may have been the north <laughs> northernmost post of Cahokia, although it is now known that some Sion, wow, people lived on the Mississippi River may have taken part in the culture as well. Anyways, the site was uh, it was traded and it was clearly influenced um, by the Cahokian in southern Illinois. In Illinois, both woodland and Mississippian people inhabited Aztlan, Aztlan, Aztlan. I'm probably saying that wrong, and it's in my own state, which was connected to the extensive Mississippian trade network. Shells from the Gulf of Mexico, copper from Lake Superior, and Milk Creek have been found at the site. Aztlan was abandoned around 1200 AD, and the uh, Oniota people later built agriculturally-based villages similar to those of the Mississippians, but without the extensive trade networks in the state. So by the time the first Europeans arrived in Wisconsin, the... Uh, I my brain is done from this weekend, and I cannot pronounce any of these words. Um, Oniota, oh, Oniota, Oniota had disappeared. The historically documented inhabitants as the first European incursions were the uh, Siouan-speaking Dakota, Iote, to the northwest, the Chaiwir-speaking Chaiwir Ho-Chunk, and they're also called Winnebago, and the Alquinag 
Algonquian Menominee to the northeast. Their lands began approximately north of Green Bay. The Chiwer lands were south of Green Bay and following the rivers to the southeast. Over time, other tribes moved to Wisconsin, including the Ojibwe, the Illinois, the Falk, the Sauk, and the Mohican. The Mohican were the last groups to arrive coming from New York after Congress passed the Indian Removal Act of 1830. The first European explorers came to Wisconsin in the 1600s. The groups living there, um, I, I talked about this, okay. Um, out of that large group, uh, okay, so the groups that were living there were the Ojibwa, the Menominee, the Ho-Chunk, Winnebago, uh, Potawatomi, Kickapoo, Sauk, Fox, Illinois, Miami, Moscouton, Huron, Ottawa, Santee Sioux. Out of this vast group, only four remained, the Ojibwa, the Menominee, Ho-Chunk, and Potawatomi. There are some tribes that migrated from the east, the Stockbridge and Muncie bands of the Mohicans and the Brethren and the Oneida. It is guessed that Jean, Jean Nicolet was the first European to enter what is now known as Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin remained under French control until 1763 when it was taken over by the British. It became part of the United States in 1783 through the Peace of Paris Treaties. Europeans took no time settling in. They cleared out the land for farms, and they cut down the trees for lumber. They kicked out the natives through treaties or military defeats. The southwestern part of Wisconsin was home to 4,000 miners by 1829, and it continued to grow. It continued to groan. <laughs> That's what I wrote. <laughs> oh, geez. The Wisconsin Territory was created in 1836. The territory consisted of present-day Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, and other parts of North and South Dakota. In 1848, Wisconsin became part of the Union and the 30th stated. The 30th state. Not stated. Gosh, I don't I don't think I um, grammar check this. I just type and go. All right. Mining iron ore was being done in the northern part of the 1880s. After mining ran its course, agriculture, particularly dairy farming, became dominant. Since 1920, Wisconsin has been first in the country for cheese production and near the top in the production of milk and other dairy products. Go, Wisconsin! The trees of the north were decimated in the 1870s for commercial lumbering. In the 1850s, Wisconsin was a leader in abolishing slavery. Slave slaves would stop in Wisconsin on their way to Canada in the Underground Railroad. In 1851, Wisconsin abolitionists held meetings in a little white house, little white schoolhouse in uh, Ripon, where, where, where they decided to create a, a new political party. Today, the little white schoolhouse is deemed to be the birthplace of the Republican Party. To further along politics in the 18, 1900s, the Progressive Party got its start in Wisconsin, which led to the state, which led to the stated, I did it again, which led to the state being a leader in Southern legislation. The bills included a Corrupt Practice Act, a Workers' Compensa Workers Compensation Act, and the first state income tax law. The progressive movement led to the quote-unquote Wisconsin idea. The goal was to bring government, citizens, and professors of uh, UW together to solve political, social, and economic problems. The name Wisconsin, where did it come from? So Wisconsin was originally Mescon uh and the English spelling of the French version, <laughs> this is so convoluted. So the French used what the Miami Indian named, um, and then the English changed it to Wisconsin. So the Miami, Miami, Miami Indian name for the Wisconsin River was um, the Mesconsing. 
So the Wisconsin River is 430 miles and goes through the center of the state. Supposedly, the Miami word meant this stream meanders through something red. So the red were thought to be the red sandstone bluffs in the Wisconsin Dells. Jacques Marquette was the first to use it in writing in 18, nope, 17, nope, 1673 in his journal. The river on which we embarked is called Mescosing, M-E-S, whatever. Do y'all care about the spelling? Probably not. The French called it Wisconsin with an O-U in the beginning, and American soldiers continued to call it that after the eight War of 1812. In the 1820s, the legal documents created sometimes used a French version, but they slowly changed it to the way it is spelled today with a W. Yawn. Okay. <laughs> Anger doesn't care about the name of the state. It officially became Wisconsin with a W. And eight- why, why are you saying W? I don't know, because George W. <laughs> I have no idea. It was fun for me. Uh, with a W. So every time I wrote state, I put stated. Like, Wisconsin <laughs> stated. <laughs> like it's a, uh. What did Wisconsin state? I don't know. <laughs> but it officially became Wisconsin with a W in 1836. But Canadian and French writers uh, used Wisconsin with the OU until the end of the 1800s. In 1935, Native Native Ojibwe speakers, reckon my brain is just done, recognized. Was uh, it ever not? It's worse. Recognize the three syllabuses. Syllabi? <laughs> Syllables. Oh, no. <laughs> As phonetic equivalents of. Remember their syllabi. Because <laughs> they partnered with UW, that's why. Um, misco, which means red, asin, which means stone, and sin, an ending that significant. <laughs> An ending that signifies a location or place. By this reasoning, <laughs> Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin meant, meant Redstone River. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Glossaries of Algonquian languages. Algonquian. That's what I said. Include Ojibwe and Sauk <laughs> confirmed that these syllables had the same meaning 300 years ago as they do today. Some fun facts. So, wait, it means Redstone River? Yeah. Or um, the river on... Uh, the stream meanders through something red, which is the bluffs of Wisconsin. So if you were listening when you yawned. <laughs> I wasn't in the room. I know. That's not fair. Okay. So interesting facts. May 29th, 1848, date of statehood. The capital is Madison. The population is 5,686,986 in 2010. And Milwaukee. Milwaukee. The size is 65,496 square miles. The nickname is a Badger State. The motto is... Was the motto with you? Do you not know what's on our state flag? I don't live in Wisconsin anymore. Well, I don't either, but I know the state flag. It's too much. Thank God we trust. <sighs> forward. It's f- just forward. Backward. No, for love. The tree is the sugar maple. The flower is the wood violet. And the bird is a robin. I knew the robin. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I, I vacated the premises when... <laughs> You missed a lot of blunders. So. Oh, that's sad. I'll have to listen to it. I'll have to listen to this episode. <laughs> Thanks, Ingrid. All right, some more interesting facts. Wisconsin earned the nickname Badger State, not because of its proliferation of badgers, but because its earliest white inhabitants were uh, lead miners who burrowed into the hills for shelter rather than waste time and resources on a more permanent structure. That's so strange. I did not know that until I did this research. The first dairy school in the United States was established at the University of Wisconsin-Madison in 1890. 
although only two students attended the first class, enrollment jumped to 75 within a year after Professor Stephen Babcock developed a test that measured the butterfat contact, contact content <laughs> of milk. The Bab- wait, 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 the what? Babcock? Nope. The what? Con- the Babcock? No, the what content? Butterfat. Say it again. <laughs> You saw it coming out, didn't you? You're such a jerk. Oh, my gosh. So Kara got me good. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. We'll have to post a picture on um, our Insta as to the butter surprise. The butter surprise. All of our socials. Okay. So the Babcock test provided an incentive (laughs) (laughs) to produce high-quality milk and allowed farmers to be paid accordingly. So yay, Mr. Babcock. You're still papery, even... I, what am I supposed to do? Paper is paper. Each year, Millie Wakay hosts an 11-day event dubbed the world's largest music festival. Oh, that's mm? uh, mm? Summerfest. Yes, which features more than 700 bands on 11 stages along the shore of Lake Michigan. I do believe Imagine Dragons is on the list this year. I went there in 90. I went to 99. Really? Oh, God, it was amazing. Never have I ever. Created by Mayor Henry Mayer <laughs> in 1968. <laughs> Summerfest attracts around 1 million attendees. <laughs> in 2011, Wisconsin's more than 1.2 billion dairy cows produce over 3 billion gallons of milk. That's truly where the happy cow... cow, cow. <laughs> <laughs> What's that you say? <laughs> you guys, we were home by 5 o'clock last night. <laughs> we were. P.M., not A.M., mm-hmm. P.M. All of us were asleep by approximately 11. I probably fell asleep at 10. You passed out. I call that falling asleep. Anyways, uh, in October uh, 1871, Wisconsin was the site of the most destructive forest fire in American history. So everyone knows about the Chicago fire. No one knows about this one. 1,200 people were killed and 2 billion trees were burned in what became known as the Great Peshtigo Fire. I had no idea. I didn't either. No one no one cares. Why was it the Great Peshtigo? Probably because it was in Peshtigo. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know where Peshtigo is. There's a map. Wisconsin. It's in Wisconsin. Do you know where Oztalon is in Jefferson County? Is that in Asgard? <laughs> <laughs> it's where Thor rules, yes. Okay. I totally know where that is. Sweet. Uh, Everything that Wisconsin is is thanks to glaciers. Why is it that Wisconsin has enjoyed excellent crops, a dairy industry, beautiful forests, and almost a lake per person? Yeah, that's right, Minnesota. More lakes in Wisconsin. You can think... Wait, wait. More lakes than Wisconsin? More lakes in Wisconsin. Okay. I said it right. You can thank Wisconsin Glacian. Wisconsin... You're, you're being so snooty about how you're speaking, <laughs> and you can't even say it right. Glaciation? Wisconsin glaciation? I'm not going to correct you. Whatever. The glaciers extended from approximately, the glacier age extended from approximately 85 to 10,000 years ago. 85,000 to 10,000 years ago. Prehistoric human migration was greatly influenced through this last glacial period. Beyond that, it left us admiring some awesome geography, such as Devil's Lake State Park, which ah. is beautiful. Yes. Okay, so going back to the effigy mounds, there are tons of effigy mounds all across Wisconsin. Effigy mounds are raised piles of earth that were built in the shape of an animal, symbol, or figure. They were built by Native American communities throughout the country, but the most in the country are right here, there, in Wisconsin. I'm not here. I'm in Tennessee. They built between 15,000 to 20,000 of these mounds. Today, only 4,000 exist, which is sad. That would be cool. 
Madison has not always been the con. <laughs> Jeez. Did you see that red spike? Sorry. Sorry. Madison has not always been the capital of Wisconsin. <laughs> the first was Belmont, and there was a free admission historical museum located just outside of there. There is. There not was. In these buildings, territorial legislators first met to establish the territorial government. Huh. Wisconsin's oldest city is... Milwaukee. Green Bay. And I put an exclamation point after that. Green Bay! But the... <laughs> but the oldest city is actually Green Bay. Wisconsin's oldest city is Green Bay, but the oldest city is actually Green Bay. That's what I wrote. <laughs> what was I doing? Oh, geez. Nicolet founded a trading post in Green Bay back in 1634, originally naming Green Bay La Base des Points, which means the stinking bay. <laughs> The British renamed it to Green Bay, so thanks, <laughs> because the stinking Bay Packers <laughs> does not sound <laughs> You stink. <laughs> Stinky cheese. The first American kindergarten was started in Wisconsin. The first American kindergarten was actually started in Watertown, Wisconsin. Why am I repeating myself? It was opened in 1856 by Marguerite Schertz who started a home kindergarten for her daughter and four of her cousins, and she let other kids come in. Gangsters like Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh-huh. The originals. You might think that all the old-time gangsters operated in Chicago or on the East Coast, but there is a huge history of gangsters. Are we going to talk about Capone again? Up in Wisconsin. Uh, full circle. Syllophus. They really enjoyed... Syllophus. <laughs> Syllabus and syllabi. Syllabus and will be on your syllabi later today. You gotta study. They really enjoyed Waukesha County, uh, particularly Oconomowoc. <laughs> I don't know why. Some notorious vacationers include Babyface Nelson, Bugs Moran, John Dillinger, and of course, Al, Al Capone. Al Syphilis Capone. <laughs> <laughs> and that is your history of Wisconsin. Lovely. Totally. All right. Let's let's wrap this up because we need to go. I know. Oh, that's what I was trying to talk as fast as possible. Okay. So B. B from Wisconsin. <laughs> be a cheesehead. Be a cheesehead. Don't be a stinking bay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be getting syllabi. <laughs> On your syllabi. On your syllabi. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Uh, we gotta go. We do. We got stuff to do. Well, um, y'all have a great time. Are you talking? I don't know who I'm talking. I don't know who I'm talking to again. That's why I stared off in the distance. Okay, thanks. Bye. We'll be never. Doobie doop dot dot. I'm just scatting over here. We'll be back next week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. If you'd like to reach out to us or submit your situation, please contact us at another situation podcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at another situation podcast. We're also on Facebook at another situation. Another situation is produced and edited by 0.5 Pinoy. Music is written and performed by Tim Crow. Another situation.